I really like this one. <laughs> it's not Iron Man 2. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've we've certainly worked on things that were like, that wasn't a good one. We've worked on other things that aren't Marvel, not Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the Marvel stuff. Everything yeah. Marvel does. Fantastic. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> Welcome to the WWSD podcast. We like to interview interesting and creative people every week. We are sponsored by Collector's Maze. You can check them out at collectorsmaze.com for all things related to fandom. I'm your host, Josh, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Seamus. How's it going, Seamus? It's going great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. We actually have a really cool guest tonight, Seamus. Awesome. Yeah, tonight we are joined by creative director, Doug Appleton. Doug Hi. and his team. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Doug. <laughs> Hey, Doug. Uh, Doug and his team has recently been nominated for an Emmy for their work on WandaVision. He's also been part of many epic uh, projects for the MCU, like Avengers Endgame, Thor Ragnarok, Captain America Winter Soldier, plus so much more. It's a real pleasure having you on the podcast tonight, Doug. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. We're doing good. Yeah, we get to talk to cool people like you. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's uh, it's my pleasure. It's super cool. I love talking to people. Oh, that's awesome. Just yeah. about anything, really. Just talking. <laughs> Oh, we'll see where tonight takes us. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten weird with some people before. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> uh, we'll start off, though, with some of the easier questions. Tell us how you got into visual effects. Uh, sort of by mistake. Um, okay. That's I, as a kid, always interested in, uh, in cartoons and animation. That's uh, the world I wanted to get into. I wanted to have a, a cartoon show. That's what I wanted when I went to, when I went to school and then was introduced to this wild world of... Uh, 3d and visual effects so like oh this seems cool started doing that and um, was that in high school they, they introduced you to like that kind of stuff or was this later? college i didn't touch any of this stuff until until college it was always just uh that's not true i probably when i was like 11 10 or 11 a friend of mine and i uh stumbled upon newgrounds.com i don't know if you guys are uh yeah we're in that age group <laughs> yeah upon newgrounds all the good and bad that newgrounds had to yep. offer uh, and so got really into flash animation and made some really stupid stuff and that was like my first foray into into animation but nothing really serious you know just kind of okay. like messing around and it wasn't until college that i started really getting into this stuff and what did you go to college for was it just like an arts or did you kind of just pivot yeah, so it was a it was an art school. Uh, well, it was an art school. I went to Northeastern University in Boston, which is actually like a business school, or known for their business and uh, like engineering and stuff like that. But they had an art department. I have an art degree with a concentration in animation. Okay, uh, okay. which I think kind of lets you know like how focused the whole school was on animation. But it was uh, it was awesome. They had a co op program. It was a five year program because they did six months of school or thereabouts, and then half a year of you have an internship somewhere. Oh, okay. nice. Uh, so I was one of the, the few lucky people who managed to get an internship because you can imagine like not a lot of places want like 19 year old kids <laughs> who don't know what they're doing to like come yeah. to their studios yeah. and start working. Fuck around. Uh, yeah. So my first internship was actually at the school, like working in the, you know, in the computer labs and stuff. And then I, I lucked out and got an internship at a studio in LA called Buck, which is a really big motion graphics studio. They have an office in LA and New York. I think they're in Australia now. They're, they're kind of, they're huge, but they're, they're a great place. So I worked there, worked at a company called Brickyard, which is in Boston. Um, and then from all these little things kind of had these internships. So when I graduated from school, I had some, you know, some experience under my belt and lucked out. I actually went straight from school to perception. I've been at perception for like 11 years now. Oh, wow. Wow. What, what was your, uh, what was your first job uh, at perception? What were you doing? Oh, I think my first job, I think my very first day. Uh, I, yeah, no, there was actually, I actually, it was great. I didn't have to get coffee. Um, I had to make a, uh, a Gillette razor. I had to model a Gillette razor from scratch uh, for this pitch that we were doing. And that was like my first, uh, oh wait, no, my first thing started before I even started work. It was like a week before I was supposed to start. I was still in Boston and perceptions in New York. My new boss reached out. He's like, Hey, would you be able to like, put some frames together for something real quick. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to lose this job that I don't really have yet. Of course I'll do it right now. <laughs> uh, so in my little apartment, I actually had to, uh, something I had to, like make a building or something, but my first day at work where people were around me and like, I was being scrutinized or felt like I was being scrutinized was <laughs> I had like, Hey, here's a razor. Can you just model this real quick? Like, uh, sure. I guess I can try. <laughs> that was the first thing. 
That's interesting. You because uh, you, you guys do a lot of work with uh, with like commercials, right? With like like retail companies and things like that. So we used to. Um, we started off doing a lot of broadcast work, commercials, things like that. So stuff for Gillette, and we would do commercials for HBO and Verizon, and you know all of that stuff. And then uh, that's where our company really started was in this in this broadcast space, and it was in the last. I don't know, six or so years. I think our first thing was Iron Man 2, which I guess was like 10 years ago. I didn't work on that one. So that was right before I started working uh, was Iron Man 2. And then there's a bit of a low. We get a few things here and there, but it was mostly broadcast work, broadcast work. And now recently, not recently, six something years ago, we're, you know, doing Marvel movies left and right. So we've really kind of switched gears between broadcast and then not just the Marvel movies, but working on real world technology, which is sort of the other half of our company, um, creating UI for real companies. So after we did Iron Man 2, uh, I don't know if you remember his clear phone that he had in mm-hmm. Iron Man 2. Uh, we got companies coming up to us and be like, hey, can you guys make us that phone? And we're like, <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, we, we could do that. And how do we make a phone? Um, and so we just kind of, then we kind of slipped into that world. And so now we have these two kind of worlds that we play in making, uh, futuristic looking UI for real world technology companies for TVs, phones. We do a lot of auto, um, in the auto industry, we do work for cars, uh, and then also working on film. So you said, you said UI. So like you're, you're making user interfaces that people are using as part of applications in, in the technology. Yeah. It kind of depends. Sometimes we come in and there's already a whole structure and operating system that's already built and we're just kind of dressing it up. We're reskinning it. Um, We've done a few from the ground up. We're kind of designing how all the interactions work and coming up with features and things like that. And then that goes to people who know how to actually code that stuff. We're kind of coming in as like the idea guys and designing it and everything like, all right, now you make the real thing. Make it work. (laughs) Yeah. But we kind of, we, we do, we do both. We come in at at all parts of that process. And so like the company perception, like, but you're, do you, are you part of both of those areas? Like, do you oversee both areas since you're the creative director? Primarily I've been focused lately, mostly on the film stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do, we're not a massive company, you know, we're for the longest time we were like four artists for oh, wow. a really long time. And then in the last few years, we've bulked up a bit. So now we've got a few more people, but I, I'd have to count right now. I think we're maybe like, 12 people 12 staff members or something like that and then full-time staff members is that yeah and then we contractors okay and then we bulk up with freelancers when we when we need the work so yeah i've i've had my hands in both sides of everything it's not like two separate companies but those are kind of our two focuses is i I wasn't sure if it was like a division of the two at all no or just one place and if i'm if i'm needed in ui stuff i'll hop over to ui stuff and needed on film stuff is it weird, like jumping from like film to like UI, or is it just pretty? Uh, it's not really that big of a transition. Uh, it it really depends on what the job is. When we get these things, we're like, hey, let's just make a UI. It's got to look cool. Like, all right, this is like our cinematic work. Like, let's just make something look cool. We obviously, you know, we tone it down a little bit. Everyone comes in saying like explosions. Yeah, like we want Tony Stark, and we're like trust me, you don't like <laughs> try and look at what he's doing and see if you can use that. Be miserable. <laughs> yeah. You don't want that. Um, so we'll, we'll come in and we'll, you know, we'll give them like the Tony Stark version of what that is and try and make it more usable. I think a, a great example is the new electric Hummer. We designed the entire instrument cluster and kind of user experience of the uh, new electric Hummer, which is Awesome. Like we never would I have thought that I'm going to work on a hundred thousand dollar car that <laughs> I'll never get to drive, but I'll know it's out there. <laughs> They'll give you a Hummer for free for designing it. Yeah. Right. Like, we can get like a Hummer. Hummer. maybe we can get like a shift knob or something. I don't know. Yeah. I won't ever get to get to drive it, but uh, you know, it's really cool seeing that that's out there. And that's, I think the perfect blend of sort of our cinematic world and our real world, because you know, they want something that looks cool and feels cool, right? It's a Hummer, right? You got to feel like a badass when you're in the Hummer, yeah. uh, but you also need to use it and not just like on your phone, not paying attention to use it. Like you're driving, you know, you're on a road, there's other people, there's safety concerns to that, you know? So it's a slightly different world because we know like font needs to be a certain size. So it's glanceable and, you know, things can't be flashing everywhere because you can't distract yourself from the road. 
Whereas in a movie, if something goes wrong, like you just flash as much as you can at the screen. And like, so the audience knows it's bad. So there are those considerations, but you know, I think it's, a, it's pretty easy to kind of slip back and forth as long as we sort of know what the limits are. So from like going to school for animation, did you ever really think you'd be do- designing car UIs and stuff or just never? in the no. world? Yeah. <laughs> I remember having uh, conversations with friends in school, like, you know, maybe my sophomore year barely touched anything and already like jaded being like i'm just gonna make phone commercials for the rest of my life and (laughs) you know not as bad there are there's some awesome phone commercials uh but (laughs) you know it's just like i don't don't want to do this forever i was actually uh like one or two credits away from a minor in law so like i was really hedging my bets here (laughs) (laughs) you're like all right which one is it going to be um no never in a million years would i have thought that you know i'd get to work on these cars and movies and tv shows and all all the cool stuff that i've had the opportunity to do i never would i have thought that i was doing like i was making fan art for spider-man 3 when i was in college right like i was like making posters and like taking footage from the first movie and making the suit black and be like i made a venom poster and like you know so like that's the stuff I was doing. always a huge fan of it, but never would I have thought that I'd get to actually, you know, do any of this stuff. In a in perception was um, they had done Iron Man two before you got there, right? Yeah. I think it was like just before. So you knew that that was, that was like a potential that you could work on movies by getting a job with perception at that. Point. Uh, I didn't really know that until the interview. Oh yeah. So I, I think right That's before. Uh, yeah. So when I, when they first contacted me, you know, obviously I checked out their website. I think they had, they did a title sequence for two Marvel straight to DVD animated things. I think it was a, a Thor one. And I want to say Hulk versus Wolverine. I think that was one of the ones we did. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like, like they're doing title sequences, for like these animated Marvel things. Like, that's awesome. Uh, and then I went to the interview and, you know, we had an interview. It went really well. And then I was like, hey, let's do something kind of cool. I was like, yeah, I'd love to see something cool. And like pulls up some work from Iron Man 2. I was like, oh, wait, really? Like you guys did that? And he's like, yeah, welcome aboard. And I was like, oh, yes, give me give me a job, please. I'll take it. Um, That's awesome, man. Yeah, I had no idea. It's, uh, I wish I could tell people, like, here's how I got into it, like, and have some, like, grand plan. And it's like, no, I got, I got super lucky, you know, working in this <laughs> stuff. But I do, I do tell people, because prior to this job, I was interested in it. And I would sit through all the credits for every movie and just look at the VFX studios and be like, okay, ILM worked on this one and Weta worked on this one and DNEG worked on this one. Like, just get a list of all the studios and then go home and look them up and be like, all right, well, these guys do like mostly character work. So that's really cool. And like, these guys are doing a lot of like set extension work. So like, that's cool. And trying to figure out like what companies worked on what. So I did have a big long list and emailed all of them and, you know, no one ever responds to cold emails. <laughs> That's not true. Some people do respond, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> for the most part, you're getting like one response for every, you know, like 20, 30 emails you send out. Um, so it never really felt like a, a real possibility. So how, how long have you been uh, the creative director there now? Uh, creative director is relatively new, actually. I've been a uh, oh. creative director for a few months before that. I was visual effects director. Ends up kind of being our company. We're relatively small, so it ends up kind of being a very similar position yeah. that just kind of bleeds into like, all right, you've been here for a while. What's the next thing? Um, that's kind of how this whole thing has been. It was like, you know, when I first started working, I was a junior designer animator. And then one day I'm just a senior designer animator. I'm like, when did that, when did that happen? <laughs> and then just kind of, things just kind of happened. But the title of creative director is uh, relatively new, actually. Okay. Yeah, we both work in IT, so that's very similar in our fields as well. All of a sudden, one yeah. day you're all right, you're a senior you just, analyst. Yeah, or you just find yourself. Engineer. Yeah, you find yourself <laughs> doing the job. And then, you know, I, I think in this industry, I don't know, it's just this industry, but I probably most industries, you find yourself doing the job before you have the title of the job. Yeah. You know, um, that's kind of what what happened. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, can, can you talk about the um, kind of the visual effects pipeline and like how the role that you guys play and like and and how that fits in with the larger uh, production process? The two things that we focus on the most in terms of our, our visual effects work is we do, of course, visual effects work. So we do the the FUI, the fancy you know hologram stuff. Uh, we do we do that, and we also do uh, more 
what we call motion graphics, graphic design work, which is our title sequence uh, work. And so they kind of go through two separate pipelines because one is working with footage that's been shot. It's working with other vendors who, you know, they're the ones who are making Iron Man and making explosions. And we're like, all right, let's just put our little screens in the background over here. The uh, title sequence stuff, we're generally doing everything from scratch, from the ground up. Uh, so they're the two slightly different pipelines. Um, visual effects pipeline is it's a lot of fun because we you know we talk to uh, well both of these get to talk to the directors, the producers, uh, everyone kind of involved to find out what what's going on. The the UI work that we do, uh, the visual effects work, uh, we always try and have it be as story focused as possible. We have this loving term which we call crap on a map. Uh, we generally try and avoid crap on a map, which is just like put something blinky over there and be done <laughs> just with for it. the sake of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we have to do that. Some of, you know these movies have fifty screens. Everyone's a scientist and an engineer, so they have all their screens everywhere. And you know <laughs> sometimes you're gonna fill the crap on a map. Uh, <laughs> but we always try and have a little more little more story involved in it, and that's that's where it's a lot of fun. We get to talk to the directors and the producers and find out like what are you trying to convey with this screen, with this interaction, what story point are we telling? And so we start with that and then we make some designs. We usually do just kind of still frames. We'll get a still from the movie. We'll mock it up on that. We like to do a lot of options. We kind of do what we call, or what I call anyway, our, our hot sauce of directions. We do mild to wild. We do, you know, <laughs> the... We'll give you the Excel spreadsheet and we'll give you Tony Stark hologram and like find out which one you, <laughs> where do you want it to go? Uh, and that, that scale always shifts because we're talking about Tony Stark stuff. Like his spreadsheet is still like way up here in terms of wild. Uh, so we do, you know, we do um, a lot of these designs. We kind of mock it up. And then from there, we tend to pick and choose what we like. Oh, we like this element here. We like that element, you know. Let's make it green. Let's make it blue. Let's make it whatever whatever it has to be. Then we go into animation. From there, we're animating on top of the plates, on top of footage that they've shot. If there's anything from other vendors, uh, we'll get their plates and we'll work on top of those. And we just start doing rough versions of the animation, getting the timing right. Is this telling the right story? Is this telling the right beat? Like if there's a warning that has to pop up, you know, it's not just have it pop up and flash, but it's do we have any anticipation to that popping up? If we're cutting right to it, is it flashing already? Is it, you know, it, everything looks all clear, but then that element pops up, right? So we're trying to get that timing right to help tell the story to build the tension. And then, you know, then we just sort of start finaling this thing and making it look prettier, making it look better, tweaking the animation. Sometimes we will we'll take the shot to the finish line, we'll comp it, we'll... Uh, you know, we'll put it in the shot. We'll make sure it fits in there and everything. Sometimes we take that element and hand it off to someone else and they do that final work. So it really depends at what process everything's at, but it's different. Uh, it's different for everyone. So, so generally like, uh, like outside of title screens, the, the work you're doing is, is, um, is at like, it's, it's post it's, it's after the, this, the scenes have already been shot and you're kind of filling in these, these gaps that might, might not have been there when they were, they were shooting. Right. Yeah. And so that's this whole other part that we're getting into as well as we're getting in a lot earlier in the process. So when we worked on Black Panther, we were in there when they were still writing the script for Black Panther to help oh, okay. develop what is the technology of Wakanda, right? They have these hologram tables. Uh, they have these Kamoyo beads. What does that look like? And so that was a really fun process for us to come in and talk to them about, you know, what do you like about these different things we put together a we call this regions of interest deck and it's basically just this really big pdf of things that we find interesting you know, you know we got to read uh pages of the script to find out the things that we're working on what's happening around there um we get to talk to the director who happened ryan kugler happened to also be the writer on that one so we're talking to the writer and the director and the producers and seeing what are they looking for and how can we bring our own ideas into this and so we're coming in at the ground floor. And if we're doing our job correctly, hopefully influencing things that are happening. And one of my favorite things that we've ever done is on Black Panther, uh, we were designing the Kamoyo beads and we came up with kind of the interaction of the Kamoyo beads where they swipe them off their hand onto their palm and it, and it pops up. And one of the coolest things is there's this random behind the scenes image that I think was probably in promos or something of Ryan Coogler talking to 
one of the actors, I think it's uh, Okoye, uh, Denai Guerrero, I think her name is. And he's showing her how to hold out his palm and she's doing the same thing. And they're looking at a laptop and like, that's our stuff. Like he's showing her <laughs> our stuff on how she's supposed to act in this scene to like get the bead to work, which is like one of the coolest things. And like, that's not a thing I could point to to be like, hey, look, I did that thing. But yeah. like, it's just, we know that that, that happened. So uh, we're kind of all over the production process. So on something like Black Panther, we're in on the ground floor before they've shot a frame of footage designing these things and coming up with how are the, what's the interaction like? What's the core technology? How does that work, right? We don't want it to be Tony Stark because it's Wakanda. They've been intentionally isolated from Western civilization and from Tony Stark's holograms. Like it wouldn't make sense that they have Tony Stark's holograms because why would their technology develop the same way his did, right? So we're trying to figure out like, how are they developing as opposed to how he's developing and um, getting it on the ground floor to sort of influence that is really cool. But then sometimes we come in at the end and they've shot a whole movie and they're like, Hey, we need crap on a map. And we're like, all right, let's do, let's do some crap on a map. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned Black Panther. I, I I saw I saw that video you guys have on your YouTube channel um, about about that whole process. You guys you guys made the decision to kind of like use the essence of sand for those for those UIs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how how did how did that come come about? So that came out. That wasn't you know that wasn't the first idea. It was in our original kind of ideas of how can we interact with this technology in a way that is unique that we haven't seen in in film before. Uh, and I think one of the first things that everyone kind of gravitated towards, not just us, but, you know, on the Marvel side as well, is something that felt natural, that felt like it belonged with nature, right? That's kind of what Wakanda is. You know, they're, they're using this material that they've taken out of the ground. And that sort of vibranium is what's helped their whole economy is based off, right? Everything's based off of this. So how can we use that in a, in a unique way? Um, and we started looking at different kinds of technologies that exist in the real world. And we found, uh, I think it was a, God, I always forget. I think it was a university in Tokyo that was playing with levitating styrofoam using sound waves. And they had this really amazing demo of that, of like these speakers, and they could levitate these tiny styrofoam particles and have them make different shapes and move them and lock them in space. And so we saw that we're like, all right, what if we could take this and just, you know, apply it's just the 50 years in the future of Wakandan technology has now developed this thing. And that was kind of how it all started, right? Using sound waves and sand to build this technology. Uh, we always try and start in a world of real world technology. So we have a base and that might not be something that ever really reads in the final film. Uh, but it's something that helps us internally. It helps us when we're talking to Marvel or whoever we're talking to, to, you know, sell the idea and then really build off of that idea. Cause we already kind of know the limitations of it. All right. It's a physical thing with sound. What does that mean? How do we limit that? And that makes it feel more real. So you did mention you work with other vendors. Has there ever really been like conflicts with like their vision and your vision and kind of mending it with the actual film or have you guys all been pretty good? No, it's all been pretty good because when we're working with other vendors, it's never really like we're both working on the same exact element. You know, it's never like, oh, we wanted that to be blue and we want that to be purple. And like, no, there's supposed to be a radial element here. It's never like that. You know, if we're working with another vendor, it's something like, you know, in uh, say Thor Ragnarok, we did uh, a lot of the ship UI uh, when they're flying around on, on Sakaar. And so like, we're not extending the ship and we're not making the full Sakaar world that they're flying around in, right? That's going to someone else. We're making the graphic element inside of the ship itself. So when we share shots with another vendor, it's they're making all the background stuff. They're making any sort of CG character elements, doing all that. And then we're getting those plates and saying, all right, now let's put our stuff inside of the ship that they've made. Um, so there's never really been a, a conflict like that. If there was any sort of conflict, it's not up to us to resolve. It's up to Marvel, you know, it's up to the producers to come in or the director and come in and be like, no, I want it. I want it that way. I want it that way. Here's the vision that I have. So we're all, you know, everyone is all kind of serving the same, the same vision of, you know, the director and the producer. So there's never been a conflict. I don't think they're not between us anyway, because we're not in that, we're not playing in the same ballpark as they are. We're kind of doing our totally separate thing. 
Gotcha. You, you said like, uh, so Marvel comes in with their vision and you kind of give them like a deck of ideas to play with. Uh, is there ever like been times where you just kind of like missed the mark or like you just like where you, you couldn't really do what they're trying to ask for? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that yeah. happens. Uh, I don't want to say that happens all the time. It, it does happen <laughs> where, you know, we kind of, you you can't, you don't hit the mark or, you know, you guys think you're on the same page and kind of veer off into something that's not really what they had in mind because, you know, we're working with these incredibly talented, creative people. They have an idea in their head, right? It's very rare. It does happen. We're like, we don't know what we want. Make some cool stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's make some cool Run stuff. Run with it. Okay. Yeah. And I personally find that to be a little, a little more difficult just to say, do whatever you want. And it's like, <laughs> oh God, what do we do? Um, I kind of love having the boundaries of someone coming in and be like, all right, here's what it is. It's X, Y, Z, make something. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, but yeah, sometimes we we miss the mark. I think we've been working with Marvel now for a long time, right? We started with Iron Man 2, and I think we've done like 11 title sequences with these guys in the last few years. So like we have this really good relationship with them where if we do if we do miss the mark, I think we've built up this relationship where it's not like these guys can't get it. It's like, Oh, let's just hop on a call and have a conversation about work it out. Yeah. Work it out where we want it to go. Um, you know, so sometimes it does happen, but everyone knows that like, we're all trying to hit the same, the same vision. And and usually, uh, if we, if we miss the mark, we come back again and internally we're all kind of sweating like, Oh God, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> um, and then we come back in the next week and like, Oh, Hey, we got this thing we like. And you know, we never, we never show up to any of our meetings. Like, here's your three ideas, pick one or we're walking, right? It's, <laughs> we always come in and like, hey, here's three things we thought were really cool. We'd love to have a conversation with you about how we can mold this into something we all think is really cool. Um, and we, we really go into it with a very collaborative mindset. Uh, and I think that's what's kind of helped us become so successful here is that we look at these projects as a collaboration between us and them, not us coming in as like, we're the experts. Here's the thing, take it or leave it. Uh, because that won't, that won't go no. as very far. <laughs> no. So one of the other things is uh, for Marvel, like, are you bidding on these type of projects or like, are they coming to you and like asking, Hey, can you guys design this? Or like, how, how does that actually work? Like that, that model? Uh, it's another one of those very fun. It depends answers. Okay. Sometimes we're pitching against other studios, you know, we'll be two or three other studios are pitching. It's like, Hey, we have a title sequence. Let's, give this to two or three other studios and everyone come with your ideas. Either they'll pick the best one or they'll pick the one that they, they see the most vision in, right? It's, it's very rare that they're like, this is the title sequence. Now go make it. It's usually always like, Hey, this one is the one that has like a nugget of an idea that we like, or this one is closest to the vision that, that we had. I think most recently we just worked on Loki. We did the title sequence for Loki. Um, and that was one we pitched that and, you know, the director, Kate was like, oh, that direction, that's the vision of this show. Like that one just fits like perfectly what we, we feel the atmosphere and the tone of the show is. So sometimes you do get that. And I think uh, the title sequence we made was very close to what our pitch was. Other times it becomes a, you know, like, hey, this is, uh, this nugget here works really well. Let's mold this into something. And then we've had times where they come to us and be like, hey, we've got a title sequence or we've got these graphics. Are you guys interested in doing it? I'm like, yeah. We want to do it. Let's do it. Um, so it really, it really kind of depends. Sometimes it's a pitch. Sometimes it's just awarded to us. As far as getting a seat at the table, is that are you guys are you guys going out and um, and selling, or are you are you um, are you being invited to to make a pitch? At this point, it's uh, it's an invitation. There was, you know, when I said we were first working, um, we did a lot of broadcast work. That's a lot of selling yourself, and one of the reasons why uh, we moved away from that that world from the broadcast world is because we noticed we'd have these clients that we worked with for years and it constantly was like, all right, guys pitch this project. That's exactly the same as the last 10 projects we awarded you, but we want to see if we can get a better deal someplace else. And, you know, just turn to this, this world of like, we're constantly selling ourselves to the same people over and over and over again for, you know, small, like diminishing returns of, even creatively kind of diminishing return. So we decided we, I know saying it, but the, the boss men at the company, you know, uh, they decided like, we don't want to be in this world anymore. We want to focus. Um, and we were starting to get more film work at that time, starting to get more uh, tech work. Like we want to focus on tech. We want to focus on film because 
the film feeds our tech and the tech films uh, feeds our film work. And like, that's the cycle we want to have. And we'll cut broadcast work out of it entirely. And plus it's more, the more badass of the, uh, <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's the thing, you know, when Hummer comes to you and say, Hey, we want you guys to design the cluster, you know, someone watched Avengers and was like, we want those people to work on our car, you know? <laughs> and so it also helps, you know, stuff like that. We didn't just start working in automotive, like the, Danny and Jeremy, uh, the bosses at Perception, they, you know, they went out and they sold us. And I think they're, they're great salesmen at saying like, Hey, here's what we can do. Here's where, who we've worked with before. And here's how we can help you guys. And that kind of, you know, got us in the door early on with when we decided to switch our whole kind of business model, uh, selling ourselves, got us in the door. And I think now we have this, uh, incredible wealth of clients that we've, that we've worked with that a lot of times, uh, you know, we get invited, but we still got to sell sometimes, right? It's not everyone's banging on our door to, to work with us. We do still have to sell ourselves from time to time, but it gets a little easier yeah, uh, you sure. know, the, the more we work on. I, I think that's really cool how um, how you're like, like the, the work you're doing is actually, is act like be, be, because of how big the MCU is, it's actually shaping how technology is going to be, you know, being created. In the future, yeah, it's actually Pretty really cool. interesting because they're like, "Oh, we want it to look like Iron Man. Let's yeah. let's get it to Iron Man. That's that's awesome." Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Not something we ever really thought about. You know, it's like, why would we ever think that we would be the ones to to do that? One of my bosses, Jeremy Lasky, he's he's talked a lot about one of the inspirations is in in Star Trek. Oh, I'm gonna totally blank on the thing, the the phone thing in uh, in Star Trek, the uh, the thing that turned into like the flip phone and stuff. How that influence that shaped technology of people looking yeah, at this yeah. this device and and shape and that really shaped sort of the form factor of technology and what we could do with technology. And even even prior to that, like a lot of movies, like James Bond movies, uh altered like technology. People wanted like certain things they saw in movies. They they were like designing phones to be like that or designing like yeah, cars. Dick Tracy like... had a watch phone, you know? Yeah. It's like <laughs> these these movies and TV shows and things uh, and comic books, they influence the way that technology develops and I think it'd be great if we, you know, if we had even a little, a little hand in that somewhere, hopefully um, it could be something we could be proud of in the future and not like look back in 10 years and be like, oh, I can't believe we're the ones that did that. People still reference Minority Report and sort of the gestural interface that they created in Minority Report is still influencing real world technology. Like we still get people coming to us and be like, we want to do a gestural interface. We're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so uh, you are like a Marvel fanboy and all. Uh, is it hard working on these type of projects and like knowing like what's going to happen or like seeing like a certain scene? You're just like, oh, I can't talk about it. I can't like. Yeah, be like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, I love it. So the, there's a running joke on uh, at the company where anytime like we got on the first call, pretty much before the the client hops on, is someone always like, hey, Doug, spoilers. And like, yeah, I know this. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do love it because, you know, it's the, I, before all this, I would, used to be on all the message boards being like, all right, what's going, what's going on with Spider-Man three. And like, there's a set photo of, you know, Tom McGuire wearing all black on a street somewhere. And like, what's going on with that? You know? And so I would always like look up all of this stuff anyway, to try and be like, I want to learn more about it. And now it's just someone be like, hey, we got to hop on a call with Marvel to talk about, you know, Avengers Endgame. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> um, sometimes we get to watch the movies early. We've had that opportunity to, uh, you know, we've flown out to LA to, to watch some things early okay. because, you know, we're pitching on a title sequence that they want to sort of retell the story of the film. And like, we can't really do that if we don't know the story of, of the film. So we'll see early cuts that are still, you know, have like, animatics in it and green screen and yeah, yeah. half inch VFX. And like just seeing that's cool. Cause then when I do see it for real, it's like a whole new movie. Yeah. I think maybe the first time I'm like, no, I should I know that one thing. But now I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome. Give me all this stuff. Cause you don't see like an entire script or anything like that. I'm sure it's like much more segmented sections of like stuff you're working on or they give you like everything. Uh, it depends. Scripts. We really, we rarely get the, get the scripts. I think if mm -hmm. it's a, uh, if it's a specific technology that we're working on and helping to develop, we'll just get the pages for that or the pages kind of surrounding that. We rarely get the full script for, for anything. Um, sometimes we do get to watch the movies or the shows before they come out because what we're working on is 
you know, we need to know the tone, like on a title mm-hmm. sequence, the tone of the whole thing is very important to work on. Although Endgame, we didn't get to watch it there. Like we just had a lot of conversations about what's the ending tone of this movie, right? Cause it was so, so secretive. Uh, we didn't get to work on it. So, you know, Thor, we have uh, what we all, or they all called the Lebowski Thor, right? Thor gets all big in that movie. And like, we would have these assets and we're like, why is Thor like have a big beard and a gut? Like what's going on in this? Like, <laughs> I guess it's a thing that happens. Like, we don't know. Um, so like we're in the dark on, on stuff like that. But then other times you get to, you know, watch the whole thing. And so we get a sense of it. So again, it's uh, one of those, like, it depends. We kind of, sometimes we get it. Sometimes we don't. You guys are up for uh, an Emmy for WandaVision, correct? Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> can you talk about uh, the the work that you guys did on that show yeah uh wandavision ton of fun so the emmy we're nominated for is a i think outstanding title design or main title design something like that so we worked on the the main title of the show uh at the end where we see the the pixelated world that we fly through um so we worked on that we also actually worked on the opening titles for i'm gonna say like nine out of the 10 episodes or eight out of the 10 episodes. Um, the one we didn't do was the animated bewitched episode, which I believe was done by Titmouse. Um, so we didn't do that one, but we did all the other opening titles for the show. And then those were two like big, big things we did for that. So um, we're nominated for the end titles, not the main beginning titles, but we did kind of do all of uh, all of the titles for that. Okay. <laughs> Did, did, did you guys do the uh, the ending sequence in Loki? Yeah, so we uh, yeah we did the uh, we call it the the main on end title sequence for Loki. Yeah, we did that one. Uh, recently, Black Widow just came out. We did the opening titles for Black Widow. We did the end titles for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as well as WandaVision, as you guys know. Yeah, so it's uh, doing a lot of title sequences for Marvel, which is uh, it's awesome. We just kind of go, and that's you know we were talking earlier about how we've been like we've been really busy. You know, you look at all the Marvel things that have, that have come out yeah. since the pandemic and we've worked on, no, they've been killing it. we've worked yeah, on all yeah. of them. Um, yeah. So we've been, That's we've awesome. been busy, which is cool. So uh, I know you can't go explicitly into like the work you're working in the future, but is there more Marvel work lined up for you guys? Or are you guys going to be busy for the next while? Uh, we're going to be busy for a while. Yeah. I'll say That's we'll awesome. be busy for it's a good while. To, it's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you looking to do any other type of work besides like art? Like, are you looking to do writing, directing, anything else related to the film industry? Or are you pretty much content with art? I, so I've, I've always been someone who wants to like do everything and then uh, not get around to doing any of it. So, <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would love to, I would love to write, you know, I, I used to be in a band in high school. I'd love to start playing music again. You know, it's always, okay. All these things I would love to do. I, I keep threatening my wife that I would love to pick up the accordion and the banjo. And one day, maybe I will. I just think an accordion is a weird instrument to learn how to play. I want to learn how to, how to play that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I, I want to do. Um, directing is something that I, I love doing. I, you know, I do obviously a lot of directing in sort of the title sequence graphic world. On Black Widow, I got the opportunity to actually direct real people in person. We, okay. uh, if you guys have, I don't know if you haven't seen Black Widow yet. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did the opening title sequence for Black Widow, which is okay. that uh, had the cover of the Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. It was very dark and disturbing for a Marvel movie title sequence mm-hmm. that we had the opportunity to work on. Um, so that was something that we actually got to go out to LA and as they were doing reshoots, um, got to pick up on their reshoots and shoot on their sets and all that stuff. So that was something cool that That's we got awesome. to. I got to go out there and actually like direct real people. And it was something I hadn't done before. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. I like this, you know, I like doing that. So, you know, maybe something, something like that, but yeah, I want to, I want to do all sorts of creative things. I just, you know, I spend all my time doing this specific creative thing and I have no time to do the other creative things. Do you have any uh, dream franchises you want to work on either like explicitly with comics or like, I know you haven't done any star Wars stuff yet or anything like that. Yeah. So for a long time, it was Spider-Man. I was like, that was, I want to work on Spider-Man. Like I said, I was in college, I was making Spider-Man posters and stuff, you know, as I was mm-hmm. learning Photoshop. So Spider-Man has always been the the dream project. Right now, uh, I think Star Wars would love to work on on Star Wars. 
I think my dream project right now would be working on a uh, on a Disney ride. I just think I think that would be so cool to work on a <laughs> okay park ride. So <laughs> that's such a one eighty compared to everything else. That's so weird. I guess it's no different than Hummers or something. Yeah, but not like designing the track. But if you look at uh, a lot of what these rides are doing now, is they have these crazy yeah, big visual displays, effects. they have visual yeah, effects. Yeah. Um, even just like the queue on these rides is, you know, they have all these screens and stuff. I just think it'd be something so cool to like get to be just even a tiny sliver of working with like Imagineering on creating a <laughs> Disney ride. I think that's something I would absolutely love to do. Um, I don't know even step one of going about doing that. I'm just hoping we kind of <laughs> fall into that. At some I don't think, point. Yeah. I don't think there's Craigslist ads for that kind of stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, with like Avengers campus, like opening up now, right. There's, and there's rumors of all these different rides and stuff. So maybe there was actually, uh, I think there's a, an Iron Man ride in Tokyo, I think Tokyo, um, Tokyo, Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. And I saw a video where, uh, Arnim Zola is on that Iron Man ride and it, it's a really crappy grainy video, but it looks like the Arnim Zola that we designed for uh, Winter Soldier. And so now I'm like, oh, there's a tiny little thing that maybe I touched that was on a ride, which is cool. But I would love to just, you know, intentionally work on uh, work on one of those. I think that can be that's such cool. a unique thing that's like of all the creative people we've talked to like no one's ever said rides <laughs> oh wait were you really into disney when you were uh when you were a kid yeah so i mean we talked about earlier i grew up in south florida so we would go to disney you know twice a year until i yep. was like ah disney's stupid i want universal studios now and then yep. <laughs> we'd go to universal studios and now i'm older i'm like i want to go back to disney um uh, you know now <laughs> i have a i have a daughter i have a i have a 10 year old niece so it's like i want to go to disney with them and like you know, do that. Um, yeah, I love Disney as a kid. And some somehow during the pandemic, I started watching Disney YouTube videos of people just like going to Disney and just like talking about here's what's new at Disney. And you know, <laughs> and now I just like that's like my happy place is just like watching people like when we're like, hey, Avengers Campus opened up, let's take a tour. I'm like, yeah, let's take a tour of Avengers Campus and <laughs> walk me around and eat that giant pretzel and you know. That's, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Like the pandemic is like, I, I'm a Universal pass holder. I usually go to Universal like three to four plus times a year, and yeah. I'm like so excited to take my son to Universal. And it's just like the pandemic has just completely ruined it. I'm so upset about it. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, kind of like I want to go to Disney. I'm like, do I want to go to Disney now? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, I love, I love Universal. We went to Halloween Horror Nights growing up, and I mm-hmm. thought that was the coolest thing. And yeah, I mean, I could talk about Disney and Universal. We could just switch this whole thing to talk about Disney and Universal. <laughs> tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, tune in next week to Universal Talk. <laughs> uh, I do have a couple lightning round questions. I was wondering if you uh, mind sure. uh, indulging us. All right. Um, so you, you are you are a comic fan, right? Before I go into this, like, you, were you did you read comics as a kid? Yes, uh, it's been a little bit um okay since the pandemic actually i have no commute to work anymore so my comic readership has dipped significantly um but that was my my reading on the train was uh comic books nice who's your uh, favorite publisher uh it's gonna be marvel it's always already yeah. making you say that like, uh, no no i've always been uh it's one of it's those funny things like my brother's always been a fan of batman i've always been a fan of spider-man you know it's okay. just kind of that's kind of the way it it worked out. So, so Spider Man's your favorite, then? Yeah, Spider Man. Do you, do you have a Do you have a second favorite? Uh, a second favorite? Oh, I I thought it's gonna be one that you probably haven't heard. Uh, I love the uh, the recent Squirrel Girl. I love Squirrel Girl. She's one of my favorites. Squirrel Girl. I think it's so much fun. Dude, she went like toe to toe with Thanos. Like she's 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 awesome. I know, right? <laughs> Squirrel Girl is great, and uh, that's one where I'm like, when my daughter's a little bit older, I'm gonna try and get her into comics by reading Squirrel Girl. I feel like it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. She, she's not like super violent or anything. I'm not going to have to be worried about like my daughter running around punching everyone. Yeah. I love, I think Squirrel Girl's great. Yeah. Squirrel Girl's great. And like Pet Avengers would probably be really good as well for your, for your daughter. That's one of my favorite series. I love Pet Avengers. Yeah. If you have any recommendations, I've been trying to find comic books that are good for like three year old. <laughs> I tried like, I'm a Batman fan. So like I try to read like, like the long Halloween to my son and like he just did not get it. Yeah. It's probably a little bit. Dark over, and brooding is not. Yeah. Head. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe he's more of a hush guy. Uh... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, that's my favorite is, is, is hush. Uh, you talk about hush for an entire episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite villain? Favorite villain. Uh, 
I'm gonna go with Modoc because uh Okay. I just I This was, is goofy. This is goofy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Modoc. Modoc's just a just a big dumb head and orange is goofy. <laughs> when you read comics though, do you normally read trades or uh or like actual comic issues? Uh I read individual issues because uh I had the Marvel Unlimited app and okay. every week I just download all the all the comics. So little behind from everyone else but yeah i read the individual issues if there's something that i missed that i know the whole thing is is out um i'll get that like uh you know the hawkeye run the mat fraction david aja hawkeye run like i read that as a trade because that had already been out by the time i, yeah, I got to read it all yeah. yeah do you actually like reading the, like the comics on like like a digital device like you, the digital doesn't bother you yeah, it doesn't bother me. I thought it'd be one of those things where I'd be like, oh, I just want to feel the paper and and smell, smell it. The pages. Yeah, and smell yeah. the pages. Uh, but you know, as soon as I had a thousand comic books in my hand, I was like, ooh, this is fun. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> I can just download whatever I want. Like, oh, I could read uh you know, I could read a Silver Surfer issue from the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the palm of your hand. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to get, you know, the uh, trade of uh, what was it? It was uh, I think it was written, it was uh, I forget what it was called a silver surfer. And it was written by Stan Lee and the art was done by, I want to say Mobius, credible artwork. And that like, I don't be able to find that trade somewhere, but just download it in the app and, and read it. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know if I prefer it, but I do enjoy it. Gotcha. What's your favorite MCU movie? Oh, I feel like this is a really tough question. Favorite MCU movie. Um, I'm going to have to, I don't think it's the best one, but I think my favorite one is the first Avengers. Like that's one, whenever it's on okay. TV, no matter what part of the movie it's on, I can sit down have to stop. and watch yeah, the stop whole thing. Doing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100% the same way. What's your favorite MCU show that's uh, come out so far uh, of the three? Oh, I think Loki is just a stellar show all yeah. around. I think it, it nailed the ending. Like just the, let's just do 30 minutes of talking. Was Kang just fucking yeah, this monologue? This monologue, like I love that. Yeah, because, that show was awesome, man. Like if that show <laughs> ended with you know the traditional Marvel, like we have a big fight at the end, like it just wouldn't feel like it fit that show. And so I love that. You know, I think they nailed the ending. Did that show get spoiled for you at all by working on it, or were you able to like, actually enjoy it? Uh, I was able to enjoy it. I got to watch the first four episodes. I did not watch the last two episodes, but I did know what was happening because working on the title sequence, I could see all the names of people who are in the episodes. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, we wanted to kind of not necessarily hint at things, but there were conversations about like hinting at things in the title sequence. None of that really made it in because it turned into like, oh, people are going to pick up on that way too quickly. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it got spoiled in sort of generalities, but not in the specifics of it. Okay. But you knew like Kang was going to be like the end game of it or is yeah. that not really? So like I knew okay. that that Kang was going to be the end game, but I, I mean, I had no idea how he would act. Like I really, I honestly expected him to come in and, you know, be Kang from the comics Blue right? face. <laughs> and, you know, just be this bad guy. Instead, you get this like quirky character who like, you just can't stop like watching him. And uh, I thought that was a, a brilliant move because they easily could have just gone with sort of a monologuing bond a villain bad guy and yeah, they went yeah. the total opposite direction what was your biggest mcu disappointment from the movies or shows i think it just really just ah oh, this is terrible oh so that i i mean it's got to be iron man 2 right like that's i feel like uh because <laughs> the first hour was so good and they get to iron man 2 and i think it was before before they kind of really figured out their formula of teasing future things i think iron man mm-hmm. 2 more so than any of the other ones really felt like an ad for like and we also have Captain America showing up. And we also have this and we also have that. I think that was probably the biggest uh, letdown. Just because I the first one was so strong. So you go into Iron Man 2 thinking like, this is going to be great. Gotcha. It's a bit of a bummer. What, uh, what are you most excited about for the, the upcoming MCU lineup? Uh, the upcoming lineup? Some of the uh, the ones that like we haven't seen anything from yet. So I think like Moon Knight to me with Oscar okay. Isaac, I think is... And I know... I'll. Totally kidding. I know nothing about this show. I think you give me a blank. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm going in blank. I know nothing. Uh, Moon Knight. I'm super excited about uh, just because I love Oscar Isaac and who's the that was it. Ethan Hawke is also in it. I think is the the <laughs> bad guy I heard. And like that's just like all right, Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. that movie. Uh, you know, She Hulk. I'm excited about that one because uh, I love Tatiana Maslany. I think Orphan Black mm-hmm. is probably one of the greatest shows that 
not a lot of people have watched. And I think she deserves every single award ever for that show. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but mm-hmm. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Incredible. I think she's like an incredible actress on that show. So I'm super excited for that. Yeah. But I think some of the, some of the ones that like aren't the known things, like those are the ones that uh, I'm excited about. You mentioned you were, uh, you were a big, like you were really into cartoons when you were growing up as well. Yeah. What was, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Probably Rocco's Modern Life. Nice. Uh, I loved Rocco's Modern Life. You know, I watched all the all the Nick shows. Surprisingly, Doug, not my favorite show. Uh, probably <laughs> okay. mostly because everyone I met would sing the Doug theme song and be like, you ever heard that one? <laughs> like, yeah, a few times. I'm familiar with the Doug theme song. Yeah, <laughs> really, really funny the first six times, guys. Yeah, right. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life, I just loved how, how weird that uh dude you go back and watch as adult it gets it ages so well it's such a quirky show yeah but it's one of those things like i don't know if i want to go back and watch it like i just have like this perfect memory of (laughs) of uh what's his face of uh was it filbert getting the fortune cookie it says bad luck and misfortune will haunt you for the rest of your days and every fortune cookie i ever get i always don't know like bad luck and misfortune will haunt you for the rest of your days and like (laughs) It's just a great, I love that. And I think the the stinger at the end of that episode is they cut to the guy in the fortune cookie factory typing up the fortunes and he'll type one good one and then one bad luck and misfortune will haunt you for the rest of this and throws it into <laughs> another pile. <laughs> so I love that show. It's so weird. What were, your, uh, what were your thoughts on Black Widow? I really enjoyed Black Widow. I like how small it was. I I think the the things that I really liked about it was sort of like the first half, like before it turns into sort of a big Marvel thing. So like the spy thriller, the spy thing. thriller, just the really yeah. kind of small, intimate story about, you know, her family, even before we even get to, you know, present day or past present mm-hmm. day, whatever it was sort of those, those small, intimate moments, like the, the family dinner scene when they're older and Yelena's is like, you are a real family to me. I was three years old when I was with you. Like, I know nothing else. And like, I think we're like, I have a daughter who's almost three. Like she knows nothing else. Like imagine if like, we were all fake. Like she wouldn't know any different. So like those really small family moments, uh, I loved. And I feel like, you know, Marvel doesn't do a lot of those really intimate moments. And when they do those, I think they're very successful. And I just loved how, how much time they gave to have those quiet moments. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the movie more than I thought I would. Like, I, I guess it was just the lead up on it. It took forever to come out. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think we finished working on that thing like over a year ago. It's kind of like the longest kind of, lead up to something and uh yeah it was great to you know to finally see it and be like oh and it's it's good i really like this one <laughs> it's not iron man too. <laughs> yeah. you know we've we've certainly worked on things that were like that wasn't a good one we worked on other things that aren't marvel not marvel yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah all the marvel stuff everything yeah. marvel does fantastic yeah. all the time yeah but it's it's great to work on something and then to also have so many people talk about it in such a positive way. It's uh, it's exciting to be a part of that. We do ask one last question for our guests. Any words of wisdom for someone wanting to get into the visual effects field? Anything you wish you would have got given to you when you were younger? That's a great question. One of the things I would say, you know, it doesn't matter what school you go to or what training you have. I think the, the end product is what matters. Um, for me personally, school was really important because it gave me a place to learn. Like if I was just sitting in my room by myself, I would never have done any of the things that I do because I would get distracted. I'd want to play video games or watch TV or do anything else other than the thing that I'm supposedly very passionate about. You know, if it, if it becomes like a chore, I don't want to do it. So I think school gave me a place to learn, which was very important for me personally. I don't think everyone has to go to school to, to learn this stuff. There's so many resources online for free and that are affordable to learn this stuff. Uh, And then I think the other thing is, you know, stay through the credits and see who's working on these things because you don't know. And not because like, Hey, I work on credits. So watch the credits. Uh, I'm talking about the boring scrolling black and white credits, like stay through that stuff. And, you know, look at the studios that are working on this stuff because I don't know, everyone knows ILM and Weta, but like those are the big ones. And I would say most people know those studios, but there's a lot of really small studios that are working on. So like, you know, I don't consider us a a big studio. You know, we, we have the chance to work on these things and just find all those and find names and try and look people up. And, 
you know, reach out, follow their work. Cause eventually, you know, those are the ones you want to work on these movies. You got to see the people who are working on these movies. I was fortunate. I fell into this and I totally lucked out. <laughs> so <laughs> also be lucky, I guess is the other part of it. <laughs> That's good life advice is be lucky. Yeah. Just be, yeah. be lucky like 90% of the time. And then, you know, be talented. Yeah. Where, where can our listeners find more of you, your work, your company's work, all that kind of stuff? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dougasaurus. You can follow our Perception account. I believe it's Experience Perception. Uh, our website is experienceperception.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Vimeo, all of it at Experience Perception. Yeah, follow our work, like us, send us messages. I guess another, another thing is we've, not to say everyone, do this and inundate us. Although I'm not answering emails, so I don't care. We've had people just reach out to us and be like, hey, here's my demo reel. What do you think? Like on Twitter and like, hey, this looks cool. And now we've, we work with those people. That's awesome. So yeah, reach out to us, send us your work on Twitter and Instagram, follow us. And you know, we're, we're a small team of people. Yeah, what if you have no artistic talent? Like, like <laughs> can I send you my reel still? Yeah, if you have no artistic talent, send, <laughs> send me your reel. I'll check it out. I'm like, cool. I'll be very positive and supportive and, uh, you know, (laughs) you need to have a good laugh every day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll send you my flash animations from high school. I'm sure. Oh, please, please do. I love, I love watching, I love watching stuff because, you know, everyone started doing, I all started somewhere. Like I've done talks with students and I've shown them like my old, like, Hey, this is the first thing I've ever made. Look at it. And you know, it's fun. Oh, I love when comic artists like, does that do that kind of thing where they show you like their first drawing of spider-man and then like 10 years later it's just uh so awesome yeah and all no i love like, stuff. jim lee has to start somewhere like kind of thing like yeah. it's, it's it's really cool to see that too because there, there, there's kind of like this thing where where people think that that the people are just born with talent so it's cool to see that you can you can actually get better at something you know and if you put in a lot of work you can actually be successful yeah so. everyone you know everyone started somewhere and going back to to life ad- advice on this stuff I think one of the things I learned quickly is that no one knows everything. Like you go into this world thinking like, oh, I'm going to work with all of these people and they're all experts and they're all top of the game. And like, there's no way I'm going to ever keep up. And, you know, you show up and like, oh, they're just people and no one knows everything. Everyone's asking questions. Everyone, you know, everyone's trying to help each other out. And it's like, hey, how do I do this thing? How do I do that thing? You know, it's like, I I never thought I'd be in in this position working with these super talented people, but, you know. We're all just people. We all started somewhere making crappy Spider-Man three posters while we're learning Photoshop. Like that's, you know, we all, we all did that. Doug, it's been an absolute blast having you on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been so much fun. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you coming on. enjoyed it. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Nice meeting you. Oh man. That was so cool talking to him. He's yeah, it was cool. So many cool things he's worked on everything I love right now. Yeah. Especially like, like Loki, uh, Falcon winter soldier, um all that stuff it's it's so cool the uh the, the yeah the ending for loki was really cool i like the yeah the with whole, like the, the yeah, title scene yeah it was really dope but uh no like cool guy it's it's cool like he has more about like a humble beginning where he kind of just lucked into it like with his first job and it's just it's just everything he wants now that was interesting that like he was you know he was such a such a fan and it, he just kind of fell into it you know yeah like just being out of college is like his first job and also yeah yeah, very cool stuff. Good stuff. I hope. Uh, I hope they win. I don't. I don't know who else is up for uh, title scenes, but I think I think Wandavision is my favorite. Just yeah, and it's pretty. It's pretty cool because the other shows will probably be up for it as well once they they fully get out or whatever. I'm not sure how like that whole process works or how long the, the voting is. I, I don't know any of that stuff. It was it was really cool hearing about uh, Black Panther too. The yeah yeah. But see, they 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 had a lot of like work with like the the pre production of the movie. That, that was really cool as well. Like. They, yeah. they kind of shaped like the way that that stuff would work that's such an iconic film too in yeah the moment i would love to know what else they're working on uh just because I, I i love like like he said like even going to the web and like fake fanboying over like oh what, what's coming out like what, what's 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 this uh, it'd be so hard for me to like work in that type of industry because like i would just want to share it well yeah you yeah you 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 know and i've had to kind of reel you in a couple times like <laughs> <laughs> Thank the you, stuff, that, stuff that we yeah, no, you you would uh, you'd have trouble. Like oh, I can't tell anybody. <laughs> can't tell anybody. God damn it! Reminds me of a, a story when I worked in the restaurant industry. Uh, when you used to get like pissed off, you used to just go in the walk-in and just yell because like don't get here in the walk-in is a big fucking walk-in freezer. And like 
every once in a while you'll walk into someone like doing that and it's really awkward and weird i remember this one time i walked in on my uh gm he was just beating the fuck out of, like a bag of french fries this motherfucker mo-. like and it was like we locked eyes it was just like it was the most awkward thing ever like <laughs> that's hilarious that's uh that's sad too that that industry is like that but I imagine, like, for the Marvel stuff, I would have to just go to a closed room. And I was like, yelling, oh, my God, Kang's like, like, just like shit like that. <laughs> like, no one can hear me. And it's like, 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 hyperventilating, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I do a lot of that. That's why I don't go out because I can I can yell at my house and be OK. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to support the WWSD podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WWSD underscore podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. I don't know if you can We're tell. not Trekkies. We're not Trekkies. Uh, oh, everyone's going to hate me now. I feel like I was doing so That's well. Right. I'll, I'll cut this whole part out. They'll, they'll yeah, just never cut this part out and just... Yeah. <laughs>